Hey guys, welcome back to the Every Entrepreneur Show. I'm here with Cassidy Gallardi, and Cassidy is a health and wellness coach with Arbon. Um, and Arbon is a multi-level marketing company. Welcome, Cassidy. Hello, I'm excited. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit about Arbon? Um, a lot of people, I don't know, know what Arbon is, or even a multi-level marketing company. Yeah. So Arbon, we are a health and wellness company, and um, like you said, we're multi-level marketing. And I think when I first started, I had no idea what that was either. I think, I don't know if I'm a millennial. I don't know. I think we yeah. all just see. I think we are. Yeah, I think we are. I don't know. Or I think I might be the next generation. I don't know. Whatever the other one is. But I think we all just like, our generation, we're kind of used to like what multi-level marketing are, but we don't ever actually know what it what it was. So that um, is our one. Yeah, we're a health and wellness company. Um, some things that I really, really love about our company is we're vegan, we're cruelty-free, we're non-GMO. So we're super an awesome company. We've been around yeah. almost 40 years now. So yeah. yeah. And you guys are based out of Sweden, right? Uh, Switzerland. Or Switzerland, okay. Yeah, That's so we're a European company and then we were brought here into the U.S. I think in 1980. So okay. we've been around here in the U.S. for a while. Yeah. Now we're in... I can't name them all, but now we're in seven other countries, oh, nice. so we're global now too. Okay, and um, I know multi-level marketing, people are a lot of times afraid of that, Yeah. and so, I mean, could you explain to people a little bit about multi-level marketing? My opinion on it is <laughs> that you're, I mean, and I talked a little bit about it with Nate, your husband, but yeah. multi-level marketing for me, everyone's already in multi-level marketing because right. if you're in a job, you have someone above you yeah. who's your boss and then you have people below you at some level, you have some people below you, whether it's clients or other personnel. Uh-huh. So you might as well make some money off of it. As yeah, well. absolutely. So multi-level level marketing, I can never even say it. Um, I'm for me, like like I was saying, I did not even know what it was. Honestly, I know this sounds really funny, but I <laughs> I thought Arbon was the only I thought that's just how Arbon worked. Like I yeah. didn't know there were other multi-level marketing companies. <laughs> I thought it was just Arbon was like that. Um, but do you want me to go into like what multi-level marketing is? Yeah, or? yeah, explain it. I mean, a lot of people might not know what multi-level marketing yeah. is. And I mean, I know a lot of people have fears about multi-level marketing just because a lot of people think it's a pyramid scheme oh, yeah. that you're just going to get scammed out of your money. Um, they're worried about like the people above them just scamming them and making all the money and them getting yeah. nothing. So, I mean, so, lay it yeah. out for people how what's, you would lay it out for a potential client who wanted to join our Okay, bond. so what's really neat about multi-level marketing is everybody starts on the same playing field. So, I love that. So, like normally in a job... If you think of like Starbucks or whatever, you can never, your boss is your boss. Like your boss obviously makes more money than you. You're never going to make more money than your boss unless you get promoted above your boss. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in multi-level marketing, that is not the case at all. And I think that's the biggest thing is everyone's super nervous that it is a pyramid scheme. But in reality, like I kind of hate to say it, but the normal nine to five average life like is kind of the pyramid scheme and again i, I hate to yeah, say that it's, or it's hate a, to like a, break it's a rat everyone. race i mean right it's kind of like the rat race of life and so um i always tell people i always call it social networking or social marketing so we are always advertising things so say you have a starbucks cup and we post a picture of it on instagram you just advertised for Starbucks and made Starbucks money with all your followers. So that is exactly what I do. And that's basically how I describe it to people is like, we're already, we all are already advertising for companies, all this stuff all the time. So why not do it for your own brand and your own business and make yourself 
you know, the money. Yeah. And that's basically how I kind of simplify multi-level marketing. But like you said, I think a lot of people are super nervous. And I think there's a lot of, I don't know what the word is, but I just feel like back what, like when my parents were in our age, like I think that's kind of where the fear was driven in. I know like for my parents, it's always like, oh, what are you doing? You know, that was like a conversation, you know, we kind of had to have. Um, But I think as times have changed like our generation we're pretty we like it like there's I have a lot of young people on my team we all like to be our own boss and that's what MLMs like kind of provide you is you're able to work from your own schedule be your own boss and create the life that you want and I think that's all something like I said millennials we all kind of crave that and um it's it's able to offer that yeah okay and I mean so you're at Arbonne right now Mm mm-hmm what were you doing like growing up? Did you see yourself as an entrepreneur, a business owner? Were your parents entrepreneurs? No. Do you so, come from a family of entrepreneurs? No, not at all. Um, I come from like probably like the most typical American family. So my maiden name is Jones. So <laughs> okay, <I'm>, nice. like, <laughs> typical white girl Jones, you know, my parents, my dad, he is actually the manager of Costco. So okay. very stable job. Which Costco? Uh, the Clovis Costco. Okay. They just moved into that new building. Okay, nice. Um, so super stable job. He had one job before that. My mom was a stay at home mom. Actually, my mom was an entrepreneur for a little bit. She had her own preschool. She started her own preschool okay. business. And, um, I think that's kind of where a little bit where I wanted to kind of do my own thing is, was watching her and stuff. But other than that, she was a stay at home yeah. mom. So you did get to see her kind of run so, and yeah, operate a business. I did get business. to see her. That was when we were little. So she did that while we were little to be able to work and, um, be, be a mom and be a present mom. Yeah. And so my dad, like I said, super stable. We've lived in the same house for 15, 16 years. Like we're very... The one that you guys are, they're currently selling Yeah, right the now. one that they're currently selling. So like okay. we are very... Same, yeah. you know, structured yeah. kind of people. It's like a typical American, like you said. Oh, yeah. Very typical American straightforward, kind of family. stable, oh, nothing yeah. too risky. Yeah, nothing too risky. Yeah. We always, you know. But a good life. Absolutely. Yeah, my dad provided very well for us. I, throughout high school, I did gymnastics and cheer. Um, and definitely, like, being on a cheer team when I was in high school, for I think two years out of the four, we were national champions in our division. So we, that's like, I feel like where I got my work ethic and my drive was definitely from cheering, being part of a team. You were Buchanan, right? Yeah, Buchanan, okay. all that sort of stuff. And what, then what year? I graduated 15. Okay. So you're like... So I'm like five years out, four years out? Four, four years younger four than years. me. I was, uh-huh. I was 11. That's okay. what I was asking. Okay. Were you at Buchanan? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, what was the question? <laughs> what am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, just your your childhood. Like, what, what, like, what you were like as a child. Like, did you ever, did so you have, like, any me, entrepreneurial, like... No, I was very, like I said, since I came from that family, I was very, like, all throughout high school, I kind of just, like, did what everyone else did. I know, like, one of my friends, I kind of always envied her because she would always, like, step outside the box and do different crazy things or try out for different yeah. things. And I always was just like, Oh, I think I was always afraid to be different. And I was always afraid to step outside my comfort zone because I didn't want to fail. Um, that was my biggest thing. Uh, I'm a firstborn. So I think a lot of firstborns, we all have kind of that instinct of like being afraid to fail just because we were the firstborns. I don't know. We have younger siblings that are looking up to us and all that sort of stuff. And so I never, was out of my comfort zone, just did the norm. I was a super good kid, never did anything bad. Like just as, you know, definitely kind of like a people pleaser 
in a sense, growing up, okay. but not even realizing it in yeah. the moment, you know? And did you go to college after high school? So after high school, I was kind of in a weird stuck state because a lot of my friends were going off to different colleges and leaving and all that sort of stuff. And my dad, I don't know if any of you guys know Dave Ramsey, but he is yeah. like all about Dave Ramsey. So he's <laughs> like, you are going to community college and you're not going into debt and blah, 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 blah. Is that what Dave Ramsey says? To go to community college instead? I don't know if he says to go to community college, but that was just the way my dad saw it was like, because the first two years of college are basically, you could get the same thing at community college. Like, yeah. you're going to get the same thing. Yeah, and really. so I'm so grateful for that. Like, I'm grateful that my dad did that. But obviously, in the moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, all my other friends are leaving. Like, uh, And all jealous and stuff. And so I went to community college. And the first year, I studied child development. And I worked part-time at a place called The Little Gym. And I loved that job. I was... It's like a gymnastics, children's facility, super awesome. I loved interacting with parents and kiddos and all that sort of stuff. But I definitely felt like I wanted more out of life. I I watched like YouTubers and bloggers and (laughs) all these people on Instagram and they just like lived a life by design kind of. Like they got to wake up and do whatever they want and I hated like waking up and having to go to college and having to go to work, you know? And I craved that like different, kind of being different. I will say back in high school, right when YouTube came out, YouTube came out like, I don't know when, but yeah, I, I was like one of the ones that loved YouTubers before that was like cool to like yeah. YouTubers. <laughs> and I would secretly film YouTube videos in my room and like my little sister would come in and I'd be like, get out, get out. Cause I was always afraid. Uh, like I said, did I was they, just did like make super, fun of you and stuff? Yeah. I was just like super afraid yeah. of what people do. I would edit it and everything and never post it. Like mm. when I tell you like, that's how... I don't even know what the word is. Like, that's how, like, nervous I was to see what people were going to say about me or something. Yeah. And so that kind of held me back. But anyways, for college, I decided to stop when I finished my associates. So I'm definitely someone that, like, likes to start something and go all out and then stop. Like, I never just, like, stop something. Like, I was like, okay, I'm at least going to get my associates and not just, like, drop out. I'm like, oh, okay. So I got my associates And after I got my associates, I decided to start working full-time because I just wasn't, not that I just, I was going to my classes and I just, I was not feeling fulfilled at all. I just kind of felt like I was going to college because everyone else was going to college, didn't know what else to do, kind of felt lost. And so after that- I mean, you're how old? How old was I? So I'm like young for my grade level. So I, I was like 18, 19. Okay. I mean, no one should know what they want to do at and 18. And that's, like, the scary thing. I mean, if you do, if you do like, great, yeah. right? Uh, when you're 18, I mean, when you go to college, it's like, okay, pick your major. Pick what you're going to do for the 40 year, next 40 years. And it's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, what? You know what? I, I, re- I was reading this book, and it was interesting that the guy was saying that, like, from the time when kids can... But, yeah, so um, this book I was reading the other day talked about how from the time when kids are young... Um, when they can start talking and they really start kind of getting a little brain for themselves, mm-hmm. um, parents and adults are already asking like, well, what do, what do you want to be when you're older? Like in yeah. class, in elementary school, middle school, middle school, it's always like, what do you want to be for, like when you grow up? Like mm-hmm. an astronaut, you're already like programming these kids. Like they have to have to it figured fi- out. Yeah, yeah. You have to have it figured out. And they're only in elementary school. They're only in middle school. Mm-hmm. They're only in high school. And it's really ridiculous to be oh, yeah. expecting that from a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I personally don't think people shouldn't have to know what they want to do. I mean... I think it's just, like, it's definitely a, like, society thing. Yeah. 
society, yeah, you're just, like, supposed to know, and I, you're supposed to go to college for four years and get a job and do it and then retire, and that's just what you're supposed to do yeah. and play it safe, you know? And if you don't, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, everyone kind of is freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> so you got away from that then. Yeah, so I stopped and got my associates, and then my husband and I got married. My husband definitely played a big role in, like, my entrepreneur like getting out of my comfort zone all that sort of stuff so he grew up his um mom my my now mother-in-law beth she's been doing our run for the past 15 years so he's basically grown up in a house full of entrepreneurs his sister is he's a middle kiddo so his older brother um lives here in town does sales kind of has his own thing his younger brother is a videographer his sister is off in new york and china traveling doing all sorts of stuff so they she raised them like I loved the way she raised them because kind of like what you were saying like she was just like you could do whatever like yeah. whatever you want to do do it you know and so I thought that was so neat and and I definitely didn't I think my parents definitely wanted that like that's what they tried but like you said we all I mean I feel like I even do that to Asher my son like what are you gonna be yeah. buddy like now that you said that I'm like oh my gosh I'm not gonna do that anymore <laughs> that's good I, that's actually kind of funny that you said that I'd never thought about yeah, that you cause... just never think of the little things you say and how they impact kids and I think so... there's a fine line I mean I think that oh like, yeah asking them that and actually expecting them to know is one thing mm-hmm. but throwing in their minds because they're an empty slate they have to figure out somehow yeah. and they better it's better to hear from their parents like what is out there in the world for them to go out and accomplish i think right. kind of like what you said about nate's um his parents how they kind of just instilled that he could do whatever he wanted yeah. i think that's important mm-hmm. but what i've heard is a lot of times is that or parents will tell their kids that and I've experienced it with my parents too like because of going into uh, real estate Mm -hmm. and it not being very um, lucrative at first Mm -hmm. because it's just starting a business Um, I get I get kickback from them all the time yeah and it's kind of like well you told me I could do everything that I want right you always told me that yeah so like parents do that and then Uh when you actually I've seen a lot of kids especially I feel like wealthier kids and their parents are like, you're going to be a doctor just like mm-hmm. me. Or you're going to be a lawyer just like you me. Have to, but they of. told them that you could do anything you want. Uh-huh. But when as soon as they steer away from what oh, the parents yeah. wanted, it's kind of an it's issue. Like, oh, no. Yeah, definitely. But I definitely think, yeah, my husband Nate definitely played a big role in like where I'm at now. Because like I said, I grew up just doing the norm. And if I hadn't <clears throat> had met him, honestly, I'd probably be someone going to college I was going to school to be a teacher just because I felt like, oh, I could do this. I would like it. I'd get summers off to be a mom. I always wanted to be a mom. That's (laughs) what I wanted to be. And so... So the main goal was to have summers off. Yeah, the main goal was just, oh, have summers off. It'll be easy for my kids. Like, it wasn't like, oh, I I was never really passionate about it. I love kids and I love working with them and stuff, but... But you were going to settle for summers. But I was going to settle, yeah. I didn't know what else to do. I was just like, okay, I'll just do this. And then I met Nate and I, like I said, I definitely feel like that's where things kind of took a turn. And And you said Nate's mom is Beth, right? Yes, Beth. And Beth is a national... um... Yes, so she's at the very top of the company. So in Arbonne, there's four levels. She's at the very top and she got there in 22 months. So... Can you give everyone like an example from like bottom level top level of of, of our uh, our bond as far as like payment and what they're getting at these different yeah. levels so that way people because so, it's legit like this is actually a yeah. legit business guys and you make real money absolutely so first level is district manager um there you're gonna make anywhere from like i would say like a hundred to a thousand and this is all based on like what you personally do so uh anywhere from like a hundred to a thousand i got there and like 
26 days or so and Beth I think my mother-in-law got there in like two months or so I would say second level is area manager so that's where I'm currently at right now and here you make anywhere from a thousand to four thousand so this is normally like at the place where people can stop going to like their average nine to five I wish so badly that I did this alongside my nine to five because I would have been making two full-time incomes and like how awesome would it have to have been to yeah. have an extra 40 grand at the end of the year to yeah. like put a on down payment on a house yes. or whatever but <laughs> that didn't happen it's okay um i wish it did <laughs> everything happens for a reason yeah. god got you into it right at the so, right time oh absolutely so that's area manager at this level as well your business becomes willable so if anything were to happen to like you um, like God forbid or something, you could actually put your business in your will and then your, you know, say your husband or your kids, once they're 18, they can start and continue to make the, your income check and you can continue to pass it down from generation to generation. So I think that's really awesome and neat. My nine to five job would did not do that. So if anything happened to me, yeah. my paycheck was gone. So like if Beth passed away and so yeah, so and, like their and, business uh, is what, in what's, their will. What's Nathan's husband? The, uh, uh, Vince. Yeah, Vince. Vince. Yeah. So if they both passed away, then the business would and the money and everything would go yeah. to the kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they have it divided into all four of our okay. kids. So then we'll just continue to take yeah. over her business. So it's really awesome. Um, next level of management is regional vice president. This is where I'm about to be. So here you're making anywhere from like five grand to like 15 grand a month. And these are all a month too. Um, and then at this level, your business is willable, but then you also get a Mercedes Benz. So they give you a cash bonus. And so, so like you- a per diem, right? Oh, for, for, per, diem. per diem is like a <laughs> per diem is like an amount of money for a yes, certain so thing. So they give you like a bonus. So you yeah. basically can go and you can buy your Mercedes, you can rent it, you can lease it, whatever you want to do. Uh, there's several like <coughs> nationalized presidents that just like have paid off their Mercedes, and so they have a bunch of white Mercedes for their kids, and they just use them as their kids' cars <laughs> when they're sixteen. That's crazy. I know. Mike <laughs> is so smart. Um, and then lastly, the last level is national vice president. And that is where you're making anywhere from like 22 on average a month and up. And there's no cap at any of these levels. I think the top Auburn person makes what? Like a mil, Nathan was telling me? Yeah, a million a month. That's ridiculous. A million a month, guys. It's insane. I know. The things she's able to do is incredible. Yeah. (laughs) And like how much she can tithe to her church every month. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, so she's a Christian lady? Yes. So there are a lot of Christian people in Auburn. And... I think it's really neat because God definitely honors people when you know when you work hard yeah. and I just feel like this is such a neat business because when you're when you're given much you're also expected of much as well. Yeah. And so you can use your platform and your income to do so many more things. And I think that's what I was definitely longing for was like I was longing to just like be able to go and serve downtown on a random Tuesday yeah. or like give my waiter a $2000 you know, check if I, or a tip if I wanted yeah. to, you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely not at that point, but that's like my goal. Like <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to be able to do. That's in your heart though. So yeah, do you have any other goals heart. like that, that like you want to bless people with? Cause I have certain things like that, that I yeah. want to do to people. I don't know. I just, yeah. Just but you want to like things. pay for someone yeah, for just random pay things. For dif- different yeah. random things. And you see and hear stories. Like I was, we we're at like our global training conference in what was it? May or April. And one of the girls speaking on the stage said that she, because she had all this time freedom, 
one of her sixth grade teachers that she loved when she was younger actually got cancer and they were friends on Facebook and she had just adopted three little girls. So she just got cancer and she just adopted these three little girls. And so, uh, I don't know what her name was, but she did Arbonne and she was able to pay for them to have like a full-time nanny. Wow. And just, like, paid for her. And she just, she didn't even say it was her. She just, like, hired her. Everything was just, like, taking did care. it. Yeah, just, like, taken care of. And so just to be, do those things that are on your heart to do, yeah. you know, where normally your job, I feel like we all have those things deep down inside that we want to do. Yeah. But we're just, we're like, oh, I can't do it, you know. <laughs> but being able to have the income, I mean, I hate to say it, but, like, money and living, like, yeah. that's almost as much as, like, air like you almost needed as much as air to live it really is i i I tell people that too that it's money's like oxygen oh yeah whether you like it or not whether you like it or not yeah that's the reality of it and so why not find something and do something that yeah allows you to to bless others and that's definitely not the reason i started my business i started just because i needed money but then it it, it can explode and your mind opens to so many more things so i mean because I, I know a lot of people from the outside are probably looking at like your Instagram profile or looking at you, um, just like they do any person that's selling a product or a service. Yeah. And like, sh- they're they're just about it for the money. Like they're just in mm-hmm. it for the money. They just want to sell you all the time. Oh, yeah. um, what was the main reason for for joining Arbonne? Like, what so, was your big yeah. why that was driving you? Yeah. So when I first started, like I had said, mm-hmm. I was I stopped college was in a really weird limbo state, and I think we all can kind of relate. Like all. To 20s when you're 20 to like 30 or so you're all of us are like what are yeah. we doing with our life yeah. like in the weird limbo state feeling like oh I have to decide what I want to do all this sort of stuff so I stopped going to college I started working full-time at the little gym a position opened and so I was working full-time I absolutely loved my job like I loved it but I felt like I was living a job I loved and not a life I loved. Yeah. So my life revolved around my job as anyone's other any other nine-to-five we all know when you have a set salary, like you work more than 40 hours. I worked probably 40, 50 hours a week. Um, and I always say like, we kind of felt like we had arrived. Like Nate was, had a full-time salary. So like we did it, like we did all the right things, you know, but obviously we were just living for Saturday and Sunday. It sucked. And then we actually found out we got pregnant. So we got married in March and found out we got pregnant in the summer. So like super quickly, we're not expecting that at all. Kind (laughs) of took us definitely by surprise. And, like, our whole world changed because we were like, oh, shoot, like, we have to figure this out. Like, what are we going to do? And so I didn't start Arbonne until I was, like, eight months pregnant, I think, or seven months. Like, when I say I did not want to get out of my comfort zone and do things, like, I'm so serious with you. Like, I'm like, I did not want (laughs) to do anything weird, like, be that person, none of that. Um, So explain to us, like... You did not want to be that person as in, like, you didn't want to reach out to people and bother people? I just didn't want to be different. Like, I didn't want to. Some people want to. And I was, like, afraid to be different and be judged because I'm on the Enneagram. I'm a three. So, like, Mm -hmm. we're, like, definitely people pleasers. Like, I'm a people pleaser to a T. I like to make sure everyone likes me. Like, I want to make sure we're all good. No one's mad at me. And doing something out of the norm, you know, people say things about you. And I was not I don't think I was ready for that I knew I always wanted to do Arbonne because I saw the life so I always knew I wanted to do Arbonne but I saw the life that you know my mother and father-in-law lived they had total time freedom financial freedom they could get up and travel whenever they wanted they went to Hawaii and Switzerland like all over you know and they kind of were living like my dream life and I definitely envied that 
but I didn't want to do what they were doing. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't have to do that. And so I just <laughs> always put Arvon like in the back of my head. And I was telling Isaiah earlier, like my husband and I, because Nate grew up with Arvon, so yeah. he knew this was like so amazing and it changed their life and all this stuff. And we would get in like the worst arguments because he'd be like, come on, Cass, like, just do it. Just do it. And I'm like, no, like, I am not doing this. Did you ever throw it in his face? Like, why don't you do it? Oh, absolutely. Like, well, if you want to do it so bad, why don't you do it? Nate has, like, he's tried and stuff. Um, Do you think it's harder for guys to do it? I don't think it's harder, but Nate is someone that is so he's. Well, I mean, like uh, the reason the reason I ask is because there's a lot of females. There is, and a lot of of the guys in there seem to be. But there are also a lot of. There's also a lot of males now too that are like personal trainers that are super successful. A lot of them own their own gyms. Because you got oh, I saw you got um, Sam Okito. Right. Uh huh. He's a real good guy. Yeah, he's in. um, He does what's it called? Personal training, and so. What what is the question that I'm on right now? Well, <laughs> the, the reason I asked that was because oh um, my why as to yeah, why I started yeah. <laughs> but the reason <laughs> I asked it was because um, it seems like it'd be a little bit awkward because guys the product is um, a lot of health and beauty cosmetics yeah. toiletries um, a lot of everyday stuff that you Absolutely, use at, yeah. like as a male or female mm-hmm. but it does seem like it might be a little bit weird for a guy to reach out to a girl on Instagram and slide into her DMs totally. and be like hey like I do this like mm-hmm. program this Arbon um, wanted you to see wanted to see if you'd be interested in joining this company we're, we're botanical we're plant based mm-hmm. we're healthy living um, I feel like it might be weird for a guy to just slide yeah, into definitely. a DM like that. I don't think it's necessarily harder for a guy, but I definitely would say a male is going to have to overcome a few more obstacles than maybe a girl would have to yeah. overcome. Because I'm, I'm sure like if, if a guy slipped into your Instagram, yeah, you'd be, be like, like uh, even if you, this does seem yeah, like a legit definitely. product, I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to you. Yeah, there is a nationalized president and he's actually from Africa. And so he's a big black dude. You can barely understand yeah. him because he has a thick, thick yeah. accent. And he's awesome. And he's, like I said, he's a national vice president. And so he came here and coming, you know, to America, like we have all these different opportunities. Yeah. And so he was presented Arvon and just like ran with it. So I think like, sure, there may be different obstacles for male or there's even obstacles for females, but it just comes down to like whether you want it bad enough, yeah. you know, whether you want to run with it and yeah. go for it and do it and change your life or if you want to settle or do yeah. something else, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm hearing is that your big why because seeing your husband Nate's family mm-hmm. uh, with Beth and Vince traveling and being home all the time, that your big why seemed to just be that you just wanted to buy back your freedom. Absolutely. Definitely. But like I said, that I feel like that was my main why, but it was not enough for me to do it. Yeah. So I, we got pregnant when we got pregnant, we were not going to be able to live off of one salary. Like, we were living pretty comfortably after two. And we're like, oh, I don't want to have to, like, not, like, live the way we're living, you know. And so, like I said, when I was eight months pregnant, I decided to finally start. It was getting down to, like, the wire. I'm like, okay, I got to do this thing. Like, uh. <laughs> But I just know that that was, like, God's way of being, like, Cassidy, you're going to do this. Yeah. You know, like, this is what I want you to do. Um, and I feel like he's called me to this multiple times in my life. I was, I went back to like my prayer journal and I found like what I wanted to do in life. I I think I wrote it like maybe sophomore or junior year. Like I just wrote down my passions and you know, different things. And if you look at it, like it all points back to, it literally like embodies Arvon, like exactly (laughs) what Arvon is. 
And I a big old sign. Yeah, it was just like so many different signs. And I remember like praying one time, like, okay, God, if you really want me to do, it was like the randomest prayer. I was like totally testing God. I was like, okay, if you want me to do this, when I walk into Starbucks, like I want to like see an Arbonne sign. Sure enough, I walk into Starbucks and there's an Arbonne consultant with the Arbonne catalog like (laughs) open and I'm like, okay. And I like talked to her. I'm like, do you do Arbonne? And she's like, yeah. And she was so sweet and nice, but. That's funny. (laughs) So, so many different signs. And still after that, like I still (laughs) did not want to do it. And it took me getting pregnant and being like, okay, I need money. It honestly just came down to needing a, to yeah. be able to provide for my family. And your back was up against the wall. And yeah, just you didn't had to have do something. Another choice, yeah, mm-hmm. other than going back to work. And I didn't want to do that. I, like I said, I always wanted to be a stay at home mom. I did not want to leave my baby at home and and not be able to see him. Yeah. But I'm also very. I love working. I love working. I love doing my own thing and all that sort of stuff. And so honestly, <clears throat> I was pretty worried after when I had him, like, what am I going to do? Am I just going to sit at home all day and yeah. take care of him? Like, what am I going to do? So <laughs> thank God for this business and what I'm doing now or else I probably would be like an insane lady. But without the business, you probably wouldn't have been able to stay home, right? You guys would have had yeah, to find a t- like a, someone to watch him time, or... Yeah. Probably, he probably would have stayed home with family yeah. and stuff or maybe I would have worked part-time just was not like what we were planning on and I think like there's you know God always has a plan for your life and I just like look back and I just see like so many different things leading up to my decision to finally say yes and jump in but yeah my main why was time freedom and wanted to be a mom and be at home yeah so I mean how powerful do you think it is or how important do you think it is for any individual to have a big why in whatever it is they're going for, whether they are oh, just yeah. doing a nine to five and they're just trying to climb the corporate ladder mm-hmm. or they are trying to leap out, take a leap of faith like you did and oh, start yeah. their own business. Like how I think important why is, is probably like <clears throat> the most important thing, you know, other aside from like doing the do, you know, your why, if you don't have a strong enough why, like why things get hard in life, you know, yeah, there's not going to be anything. And if you have like a small why, it's like, Oh, I could, I could live without that. Wow. You know, I'll just stop this. This is getting hard. There's too many people making fun of me. I don't want to do yeah. this anymore. This is hard, <laughs> you know, and there's ups and downs in business too. And you know, when you're in a Valley, it's like, Oh gosh, like, yeah. you know, and you never, if you don't have a strong enough why you're never going to get to, you know, yeah. the mountaintops cause you just stop. And that's kind of the sad part about it because I think so many people, especially in this business, it attracts a lot of people because they think it's like this easy kind of like get rich quick kind of thing, but they don't realize that no, this is an actual business. Just like anything else, you're going to have to, to, to try really, really hard to succeed. And when you don't have a strong enough why you'll just see people fall off, you know? And And you've seen a lot of people fall off, I'm assuming. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I've seen lots of people fall off. How many people? My wife included. <laughs> There's lots of people that fall off. How many people have you signed up year to date? Or like how many people are in your downline? Like 90 people 90 probably. people? And, and there's probably like 10 of us. 10 of, 10 of them. Actively working. Active, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, everything in sales and business is a numbers game. It's the same thing in, in real estate. It's a certain amount of people you have to get in touch with before mm-hmm. you can get an appointment. And yeah. then a certain amount of appointments before you get um, a contract with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 90 to, you said 10 or 15 maybe? Yeah. And then, I mean, but that's been allowed you to replace your full-time job, right? Right. So, they always say like... Um, it takes four people to, to where you could live on the beach all day. So like, say you sponsored four people that were super successful at it, like, and you helped them and you, you know, 
it's just finding those people. It's yeah. just finding the people. You have to go through a lot of people oh, yeah. to find the people that want to do that it. And I'm sure 90 you know, people. Like, yeah, you have to find the 90 people to get the 10. But and that's pretty crazy because I yeah. thought you ha- – I, I would have thought because of, like, the life that you're living um, and replacing in a full-time income – I would have thought you would have had more active people than 10, but that's pretty cool to know that. No, it's yeah. Like Honestly, it just people. takes takes that many actively working. Um, it's very attainable. It's those. Absolutely. Very attainable. It's just con- kind of like a constant cycle of like when it like sticks yeah. with someone. Because kind of like what we were talking about for a why, some people don't don't have a strong why yet. They don't know what their why was. Yeah. If my why in the beginning was just time freedom... I probably would have quit, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because my why was, oh, I'm a mom. I have to take care of this baby. I have to provide for my family. If if I don't make an income or if I don't keep doing this, like, what are we going to do? I have to do this kind yeah. of thing. Um, so there was nothing else on the table. It was just like everything was, was off the table and it was like, I have to do this. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I didn't want to give myself a back door because if I knew if I gave myself a back door, I would, I would stop. Yeah. You know, I would take the back door. I knew my personality, and like I said, I hated getting out of my comfort zone, and this business makes you get out of your comfort zone like no other, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, and so I knew myself, and that's I knew that's what I had to do, and I've known about Arwan, you know, the past three or four years, and like I was saying, it was always like a no, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, but I saw what this business was allowing so many of my friends and family members to do with their life, and I kind of just felt like, I don't know, like I was just dying inside not doing it yeah i don't there's that song that's called fear is a liar and i remember like one time like just bawling because i (laughs) felt like i was trapped in fear and just life sucked because i was not doing what i wanted to do and i'm so thankful i finally just decided to take the jump because there's so much freedom once you just it's fear is just fear stupid like fear is very limiting yeah crippling fear is just nothing and then when you finally get over it like i look back and i'm like oh my gosh that wasn't that bad like i would do that again okay yeah no problem (laughs) yeah like okay i survived i'm okay and seeing you know where i am now and the life i get to live now compared to even just a year ago is like oh wow like yeah okay it's not that bad (laughs) so you've been in the business a year now almost a year i'll be in it a year in december Okay. So mm-hmm. then back to like Nate pushing you into the business. So you guys, yeah. like you said, you had a lot of fights. Like, oh yeah. A lot um, of arguments. A lot of arguments <laughs> over getting into the business. Finally, he gets you into the business. Uh-huh. What was the thing that like, I, was it something he said? Um, Honestly, it was just, it was so many different things. Like so many, like I said, so many different signs from God, just the situation and what it was, just a lack of like feeling passion in life, following all these different people and seeing it over and over and over, mm-hmm. like them pursue what they want to pursue and all this sort of stuff. And my father-in-law actually sat down with me and was like, just kind of joking, like, all right, Cass, you're starting December 1st. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, I'm starting December 1st. And he's like, yep, we're going to do it. You're starting December 1st. And I was like, okay, I'll start December 1st. Like I was just like, okay, I will do it. Cause I knew I was just like, I have to yeah. figure something out. And so... It's funny because then my mother-in-law, she tried to say something and he was like, stop. No, she said she'll start December 1st. Just let her, just let her start December 1st. And I'm someone, I'm very like, I definitely like hold to what I say to my word. And so I was like, all right, it's December 1st. I had to get myself like a week. So he said that probably like around Thanksgiving time. And then I'm like, I had a week to like mentally prep that I was going to start and do it and and jump and do it. And yeah, so started December. Okay. And then... From that time until now, when like everything just kind of took off, like wh- what did it look like when you started the business? Like, what were some of the fears you had? Some of the things yeah. you had to overcome 
um, and maybe just talk to us a little bit about some of the pits and valleys that you had experienced. Like, did mm-hmm. you did you feel like quitting ever? Like, have you felt like quitting? Do you still oh, yeah, have I days like, like quitting? Well, today, I feel like I'm going to quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many, so many ups and downs. Uh, they always say, like, the joy is in the journey. Like, even when you get yeah. to the top or whatever, it's, like, the person you became getting there and the person that like you've created is so much better than like the life you get to live, yeah. you know, but, and the, but the journey, it's so funny. They say that because the journey is very hard to enjoy. Sometimes. Oh, I know. It's and so I'm hard learning to, to like, just embrace it. But so I started, um, I literally, so I posted like my first thing on social media. So I started in December and like I said, I was so scared. I was so nervous. I posted like my first thing on Instagram and on social media and I was so nervous that I turned my phone off. I turned my phone off and I went to work. I went to work. I didn't even like think about it. And I remember walking into work and okay, so when I get anxious or when I get nervous, like the sides of my neck, they don't turn red, but on the inside they flare. Like I feel them like yeah. It's it's super weird. (laughs) And so I walked into work and I felt like everyone was just like staring at me like She's doing, and no one even cared. Like, no one, no one even brought it up. It was, like, nothing. And so it's funny, like, the things we make up in our head and the lies we tell ourselves of what's going to happen and all that sort of stuff. Like, it wasn't like that at all. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. This one guy was, sorry to cut you off, but this one guy told me something. And he's like, um, worrying about other people's opinions is the most stupid thing you could do and waste of energy in your life because those people are probably just way more worried about what you're thinking about them or what you're saying about them. To even worry about, like maybe he's like maybe like a second or two seconds, they might have a quick judgment of you right. or but some critique, so but then it's gone and they're worried about what you're thinking about. I always them. think I'm like I never like judge other people who start things. I'm like, why do I feel like everyone's gonna get all mad at me yeah. for doing? It? I'm like, I don't know. And so I started, and I think my biggest fears when starting were honestly just what people were gonna think of me, and. I didn't want to be like that person starting to do something new and out of her comfort. Like I didn't want to just like start something and stop. I feel like we see a lot of people start things and just stop. And then we see a lot of people like go for this and just stop. And I didn't want to be that person. And so when I knew I was making my decision, like this is what I was going to do. And I was afraid to just like fail. Honestly, I was afraid that like, Oh, what if I'm not good at this? What are they going to think of me? What is she going to say? All these different things. Yeah. And so a lot of it was just a mind game. A lot of it was just a mind game. I don't ever think I knew Arbon worked because I had so many people that it obviously worked in their lives and so many friends and family. And I knew it was possible. So many examples of people that were making real money, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I knew I work can work hard. And so that was never anything I was worried about, but it was honestly just what others were going to think of me. And I lived, I think, my entire life with such, like, a limited belief on myself because of what others were going to think of me. And like I said, I never wanted people to give a reason for someone not to like me. Yeah. And so I knew doing this, people were going to be talking about me. You know, someone may say something. And I have had people say things. I've had have people message me yeah. really rude things. And now I'm just like, whatever, I don't <laughs> care. Like, like I said, the joy is in the journey. And now I feel like I can do whatever. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll talk to whoever. I'll do whatever. I'll say whatever. Were those like whatever. gut-wrenching when the people would say some bad things to you? Oh, or? yeah. It was like, at first, it was like, oh, my gosh. I remember one girl, she sent like a four-page thing and oh telling me like, I wasn't a Christian if I sold stuff, like all this stuff. Like she told you you weren't a Christian. If yeah, you didn't all this stuff. stuff. Yeah, so I like so bawled. What, what oh was gosh. your initial res- like? Did you reach out to her and like say, "Hey, oh my god, yes"? Yeah, so I reached out to her. 
yeah, I reached out to her. <coughs> and whenever I reach out to people, I'm always super genuine too. And so it like kind of it was like oh like it it hurt it hurts. Yeah. And even just reaching out to people was hard because oh, yeah. it's like well, what am I really gonna do? What are they gonna say? Like oh my gosh and. Yeah, she sent me, like, a big, long thing, and I, like, cried. Oh, my gosh, I cried for, like, the longest time. And then I, like, typed up this huge, long thing in my notes and was, like, I'm going to say something to her. (laughs) And I, like, I typed it on my notes. So whenever you're mad, type things on your notes because then the next day. Before hitting send. Yeah, I edited it all, and I, like, sent something super nice back that was, like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm doing what I know I'm called to do. Like, I'm sorry you think this, but I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and that's all that matters. And then she sent something really nice back too, and was like, "Hey, sorry." I said it was like a super good wow. conversation. It totally changed. Maybe she just was having a bad day. Yeah, she was probably just having a bad day or something. I don't know, but yeah, people say stuff, and now it's just normal. And like I said, I'm used to it. No, it still hurts. It still hurts if someone doesn't respond to you. It still hurts if someone says something or tells you no. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that was one of my big fears was rejection. Yeah. I hated the word no. I hated yeah. you know. It's a very hard thing to get used to. Oh, yeah. Which is because we're both technically in sales. Yeah. So, I mean, really a job is just being good at taking a lot of no's. Taking a lot of no's, absolutely. Like, whoever gets the most no's wins, like, like, basically. Uh, So, I'm like, okay, I could get a lot of no's. That's not too hard. And so, yeah, those are probably my biggest fears. But, like I said, it's so neat to be on the other side of that Mm -hmm. and see the different freedoms that it's allowed, not only just in business, but in so many other different things in life. And even, like, as a mom and, like, so many different parenting things I've learned and, like, what I speak and say over Asher and what I speak and say over myself and as a wife, like, so many different things that I've been able to incorporate into my life because of this business. Yeah. And so, I mean, that is awesome. And I know you talked about like that, this journey, um, and enjoying it Mm -hmm. because it's just been a refining process and getting to really figure out who you are and Mm -hmm. to come out of your shell and your comfort zone. Um, what are you learning about yourself? What have you learned about yourself and what are some things, I mean, personal growth, like how are you Mm -hmm. growing yourself, like evolving every day? I feel like some major things I'm learning about myself is like, I love to be in control. Like I learned that I am, I love to be in control and I know I have to get better at that. And I've slowly been like letting go of control. Um, and I'm someone where I like to just like plan it all out and make sure it's all good. But like you said, in sales, like I can't make someone say yes, or I can't make someone do something, you know, that control has to go to God. And I always have to surrender my business to God every single day because I think it's so hard for like a type one kind of person to just be like, okay, all my ducks are in a row. Perfect. You know, that's the kind of thing I want to do, but definitely a lot of growth, a lot of personal growth. I like to spend, you know, my mornings reading the Bible and then reading, you know, whatever personal growth book. That's a good segue. Do you have a morning routine? I know yeah. a lot of people when they get into entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. of the books you read, people you follow, you start to realize that a lot of successful people oh, yeah. have sort of routine. a pattern of a life, like a morning routine. So do you have a morning routine that you go through? So it's been a lot harder now being a mom. In the beginning, oh my gosh, I, w- I was like, let's wake up at six. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to do all the things. And and now being a mom, I'm like, okay, now I'm on my baby schedule. So yeah. <laughs> it's a lot harder. But normally my mornings look like waking up. We actually, my husband and I, we keep our phones downstairs. So we have a two-story house. So when we started this, like before we even, when we got married, like we have no electronics in our room. So we don't even have a TV, like nothing, like they're not allowed in our room. And 
that has helped so much because I think normally we can wake up, roll over, turn to our phone, scroll on Instagram, like, and your day is already yeah. on Instagram or your day is yeah. already on Facebook, checking in and whatever, a text message or say someone, you get a random text message from someone that's rude. Like now your whole day, you're all angry yeah. at this person, you know? Yeah. And so we keep our phones downstairs. And so I'll wake up, I'll come downstairs. Sometimes, ho- hopefully, Asher's still asleep. I'll come downstairs. I always like to read my Bible. And then I'll read, like, two personal development books, like a chapter in there. Yeah. Um, and then I'll make tea, do my thing, pray, all that sort of stuff. And then I'll go to my phone. So before, like, I always have tried to make an effort to, like, have that portion of my day done before I get to my phone. Um, and that's something that I've learned over time that I have yeah. to do. Cause sometimes I would just come downstairs and grab my phone and then I gravitate towards work or answering this or this. Yeah. And then I just get stuck and then I'm like oh, off to 11. What have I done today? You know? Yeah. No, I don't answer my phone or I don't hop on my phone for like the first hour, hour, yeah. 15 minutes. I, I'm usually in the gym and then I do my, my morning reading and journaling and then, yeah. and then that's when I really will hop on my phone. Right. But I, I like it. I mean, it's, it's a hard habit to oh, break. Yeah, it's a so hard it's habit hard. to break. <laughs> and when we first got married, cause we've been married like a year and a half or so. And so when we first got married and started it, <clears throat> it was pretty hard. Cause I always slept in my phone in my room before yeah. we were married. And now I'm like, I forget. Like, it's just such a habit that I plug my phone in yeah. downstairs and it's nice because I feel like when I go upstairs, it's like nighttime, it's quiet, I don't have blue light shining in my <laughs> eyes, you know? And same with the morning, you know? It's hard because, like I said, what if someone says something rude? Or what if I looked at that text in the morning from that girl? Yeah. Then my whole day would have been like all, yeah, I would not have read my Bible. That's all you're thinking about. Book. Yeah, like that would not have happened at all. So, yeah, that's normally what I'll do in the mornings. Okay. I mean, and do you, I mean, do you follow certain people? I mean, are you, do you see yourself more inclined to reading books and growing than you did in the past? Like for me, yeah. I read a lot more books. Mm-hmm. I was just like the typical jock, dumb athlete, didn't read mm-hmm. any books. I read a ton of books. I love learning. Yeah. I, I love consuming anything that I'm passionate about. Um, and I love following people that are doing what I love to do. So I... I always read, like, fiction books. <laughs> like, I, I love... I've always loved reading, but I always read, like, fictional yeah. stories, you know? Or, like, chapter books or whatever. That's just, like, what I grew up on. And then now, I definitely... Like, I don't ever spend my time doing any of that. This business definitely has trained you. Like, whenever we listen to different trainings or stuff, like, the main thing is, like, you can only... Your business can only grow as as far as, like, you've grown, grown yeah. yourself. So you're obsessed with growing yourself. So yeah, now, uh, now I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta read. <laughs> so let me guess, you probably don't listen to a whole bunch of music anymore. I never listen to music. You probably don't no. watch a whole lot of TV. No. Nope. Everything that you do probably revolves around like business and entrepreneurship. Absolutely, and yeah. I listen growth. to a lot of podcasts. No. I do like to watch YouTube videos, but they're probably like other entrepreneurs no. sharing different tips yeah. or different things that they do in their days. Um, and then do you have a favorite podcast right now? I'm obsessed with Rachel Hollis. Okay, I love I, Rachel. You're Hollis. like the. Keisha said the same thing. Yeah, Rachel Hollis is awesome. Same. So we just got our, I literally thought this was so cool. And shout out to Vanessa. Vanessa watches this. But I did Who's not Vanessa? know. So Vanessa, so Nate and I, a photographer asked us if we would take photos of oh, okay. Yosemite. Those were beautiful pictures. Yeah, so she took those pictures. And after we were kind of talking back and forth, and I posted something about Rachel Hollis. And she texted me. She's like, oh, like, do you like Rachel Hollis? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love her. And she's like, oh, I'm her personal photographer. And I'm like, 
What? Introduce like, us. Rachel Hollis's personal photographer took my photos. So it was neat. So yeah, you I should love have do that up Hollis. on your Instagram story. I, <laughs> I love Rachel Hollis. I love. Okay, so she her name is Cezanne, and they have a podcast called The Good Life, and they just started. She I is heard a YouTuber. that. The yeah, Good Life. I love them. So they're awesome. Uh, what is another one? I like? <clears throat> Those are usually like the two. I normally I just go through those two every day. They'll have new ones and stuff. I honestly, I listen to a lot of Arbonne trainings. I love listening yeah. to like other women or men's stories that they've been successful. And I love like hearing their journey and all that sort of stuff. Because I think in the moment, you know, when you're like climbing up the mountaintop to like get to the end, it's so hard to just like so many times I just want to be like, I'm done. I quit. Like even yesterday, like I told Nate, I'm like, I can't keep doing this. This is so hard. You know, just different things. Walk us through that. What was going on yesterday that made you feel like quitting? Cause I know a lot yeah, of people probably just, feel like quitting at times. Yeah, I feel like quitting at times. I think there's a, it's a lot of self doubt, a lot of different things in my head of being like, Oh, you should just stop or this isn't going to work. You're not going to get to the top. Like my dream is to be, like I said, just like my mother and father-in-law. But I mean, it took her two years to yeah. be at that place. But if you think in the grand scheme of things, it only took her two years to yeah. start making $22,000 a month. Like, yeah. And now she's, take that. Has a, she's had a ridiculous yeah, life for the last, she, yeah. like, what, 16 years? Yeah, 15, 16 years. And, and you're so, only, what, how old? 20... 22. 22. Yeah, you, right. you, you, I thought you and Kennedy are the same. Uh-huh. You're only 22. At 24, $22,000 like, a okay, month. okay, I could totally do this. Yeah. But in the you're moment... super young. Yeah, in the moment, it feels like, oh my gosh. And so you just have to, like, continue to keep telling yourself i have things like posted all over yeah. my house and you know what i heard that's interesting is i was listening to this podcast that's called entrepreneurs on fire it's a new one i just came across somehow on the apple podcast somehow mm-hmm. um, but i listened to this lady i forget her name last uh yesterday but she has two um businesses that both are um, doing over a couple million dollars wow. in revenue a year so she does really well for herself but she was saying that sometimes we get so caught up as entrepreneurs in the results like the the big the big dreams oh yeah that we become overwhelmed and we burn out because we forget about all we're not getting things. there uh-huh. she's like we're not getting there like you don't attain the big dream in a few months like mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't happen so she's like you got to focus on like the the baby steps first and oh, yeah. I, I, know, I know that mm-hmm. but hearing it again was super helpful because i i was like Maybe this is why I kind of feel very frustrated with my business right now Mm -hmm. or very like I want to quit. I'm having more moments in between where I feel like quitting or giving up because I'm so focused on like, I just want to be this big real estate agent Mm -hmm. and I'm not Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on like, okay, I need to contact this amount of people this, this day, this hour and like, et cetera. So it's funny that you said that because last month, so how like Arbonne works is is the way you're able to promote is based off of sales. So that's another thing back to like MLN, like Arbonne, we don't get paid for someone if they just like sign up underneath us. Like I don't just get paid if I sign up people. Um, Which is very unique because a lot of MLMs, you get paid that way. They are. And so that's what I love about Arbonne is like, it's an, it's an actual business and it, it makes you grow. Like you can't sign up some hotshot that's going to take you to the top. Like, no, it doesn't work like that at all. And so if you're not doing your personal business you're not going to get anywhere and so like I said it's all based on sales and so normally like around the house or different goals like I have my sales number or like amount I want to hit for the month or whatever and that's hard because if you get halfway through the month and I'm not halfway there I'm like oh it's not happening like oh okay I'm gonna have to wait for next month yeah. and I am next month it or whatever but instead what I've done is I put like however many sticky notes there are in the um 
like the month. Okay. And so every, so I was like, okay, the amount of sales is out of my control. Like that's out of my control. I can only control what I do every single day. So now my sticky notes, instead of like, however much thousand, however much thousand, like I sell now it's more on like, okay, I'm going to take a sticky note off. If I've done everything I need to do that day, then I'll take it off because I think that took so much pressure off of it and was like, okay, I can only focus on what I cast yeah. am doing day in and day out and being consistent is what, is what matters and, you know, going when it gets tough and all that sort of stuff. And so that has been so helpful to just be like, okay, I can do this over and over and over. I love like ripping off things and checking things <laughs> off. And so that <laughs> helps me so much being like, okay, I yeah. got this kind of thing. So, I mean, what I'm hearing a lot is a lot of it's been just really mindset for you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how much of it do you think? like your journey how much of it do you think is actually mindset versus actually just technical skill oh like probably like 80 percent of it honestly because I feel like for so many years I didn't want to do it because I thought I couldn't do it in my head and all this sort of stuff and then when I finally was just like one of my friends she promoted to the regional vice president level and she's my age and um she has a baby too and I had been watching her for so long and I had hung out with her and stuff and I'm like not that she's not amazing, but I'm like, <laughs> she's just a normal person. Like, yeah. she's literally just normal. Why am I not doing this? And I always thought, like, oh, I'm, I don't have, like, a super outgoing personality. I feel like now I do, but before yeah, I... I was going to say, I would have never known. <laughs> before I didn't at all, like, I was always... Nate, my husband, is very outgoing, and I would just kind of stand behind him. Yeah. And I didn't know how to introduce myself. I didn't know what to do, so I'd just be like, oh, I'll just let him do it. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and, like I said, this business, like, grows you a ton, but... I saw what she was doing and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I'm done thinking this, like I'm just going to do it. And like I said, it was just a mindset switch in in the first month, you know, promoted to the first level and then within three months promoted to the second and now about to be the third. And so it's just like, it's such a mindset shift. So you're about to be in the third level where you said you're making anywhere between five and 10,000? Five to 15,000. Five to Uh 15,000. And you're going to get a per diem, a bonus for yes. your Mercedes. I know. I have it picked out. Oh, you have it picked out? <laughs> Every time I drive my white Mercedes, I count how many I see each day. <laughs> There's mine, and I know so which one I want. That's I cool. So I'm me. assuming you've been seeing more uh, white Mercedes around lately. Oh, yeah. There's so many. You know what that's called? counting. No, it's, what is so it? So I learned about it um, from a different um, entrepreneur's podcast, but okay. it, it was super interesting. It's called the reticular activating system. Huh. It's this thing in your brain that once something becomes known to you, you start to realize that it's there. But it was there okay. the whole time. Yeah, you they're just, always there. You just weren't paying attention. Uh-huh. It was the same thing with me when I got a t- when I got my Tacoma. Uh-huh. I started looking around and I saw more Tacomas. I was like, they're not actually that unusual. Right. Like a lot of people have Tacomas. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I know it's crazy. It's kind of like my motivator to be like, okay, it's gonna happen. On like where my mother and father in law live, I think on their like little cul de sac alone, there was like six. Like literally, yeah. there's so many. Yeah. When you start looking for things, and when you start, yeah, like you were saying, yeah. you start realizing like, oh, yeah, I see so many now. Yeah, that's awesome though because um the the dude in the podcast um he's one of my favorites, Ed Milet. So, um Ed Milet's podcast has talked about like the cool thing about the reticular um activating system is that like our brains are like a super like computer. I mean, do you believe that that our brains are like oh, yeah. super computers? Like mm-hmm. do you believe in like the law of attraction and things like that? Yeah, definitely. So I I believe in we both believe in God. Mm-hmm. I believe um that like he 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 created us. Like he's so powerful. How could he not like make us these like complex minds into right. like super computers? And so like the reticular activating system is a powerful tool that Ed talks about that can be used to attract mm-hmm. things into your life quicker. 
So as soon cool, as you I'll be, keep counting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he talks about like when you want to attract something into your life that you have to make it very visible and tangible to you. Writing it down on paper, cutting out pictures, posting it in your journal is mm-hmm. cool. But he's like, when the closer you can get to the thing that you want, right, the better. So he's like, if it's a car, if it's mm-hmm. a house, it's a neighborhood that you want to live in, go walk in those neighborhoods, go take that car for a test drive, mm-hmm. and those things will know, rush into your life. Mercedes, I was like, because like you were saying, yeah. it's hard for me to be like. I'm going to drive a Mercedes. Like what? Yeah. My first car was like a 1998, like, um, Toyota Camry. Now I have like an 08 pilot. Cause it's like a total yeah. mom car. But... So before Christmas, you're going to have a Mercedes. Yes. That's my goal before Christmas or by the end, by the end of the year. Okay. Is my goal. Or I, hopefully before nice Christmas, Christmas or right at Christmas, be nice. your, your own Christmas gift to yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so like I, whenever I hold on to Beth's, I'm like, like, this is so weird. Like, what is it going to be like having my own? Because Mercedes are nice. I'm yeah. like, this is going to be and crazy. And that's just the added bonus because the big ch- chunk of it is you're getting paid five to $10,000 or right. $15,000. Uh-huh. So you're getting a lot of a lot of money. And kind of like what we were talking about earlier, it's like now I've just been praying like, okay, God, what do you want me to do with that? Yeah. Like, well, I don't need the way we live and what we're doing. I'm like, I don't need $15. Yeah. I don't even need 10 I just need a few. You know, like what do I do with the others, you know? And I didn't want it all to be about saving and this and this and this. Like I wanted, I wanted to use a portion of it to bless others. Definitely. Yeah. No, you sh- you should definitely um you should definitely start looking into um ways to like I'm reading this book called Tax Wealth or mm-hmm. Tax Free Wealth. Okay. It's super awesome for like people entrepreneurs investors because mm-hmm. the way the tax laws were written. Um, and you know Robert Kiyosaki? Yes. So it's Robert Kiyosaki's uh, tax advisor okay. that wrote this book. So very sa- Reddit, right? yeah, very savvy dude. But it's cool because he the way we're brought up in society is that taxes um, are made they're against you. The the government mm-hmm. is like basically attacking you against yep. you. But the code for the tax law is written for people. It's written to reduce your taxes because it's just incentives for you to do what the government wants you to do to make the economy um, perform socially and economically how they want it to. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you get these deductions. It's mainly geared towards investors and entrepreneurs, which we both are. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones who get the most benefits out of it. And that's why you always see the wealthy. You're like, how do these people pay like close to nothing in taxes? Uh It's because everything is like a write off. Yeah. I'm like, Hey guys, sorry the podcast episode ended so abruptly this time. Uh, in the editing process, the last 10 minutes of the audio was cut out and canceled. For some reason, my system isn't letting me get it back. I've been trying for days, which is why the podcast hasn't been released yet. So sorry for the, the late release date, but um, it was a short period of the podcast. Like I said, the last 10 minutes. And if you want to hear more about Cassidy's story, because I'm sure you got a lot of value out of hearing her story from start to where she's at right now and how she's grown so quickly in the last couple years, uh, I'm going to drop all of her contact information and her social media on the descriptions below, as well as mine. Reach out to either one of us if we could ever do anything for you. If you guys just want to have a conversation with us about business and entrepreneurship, we're both young and new in our businesses and growing still. So if you just want to hear about how we got started and how we're continuing to grow our business and grow ourselves and um, be better for our families and our friends and our loved ones, reach out to either one of us. We'd love to have conversations with you and help you out in any way that we can and give us some feedback. 
share and subscribe the podcast because um, the more people that I get to subscribe to the podcast and like it and leave a review, uh, the more people are going to be able to hear the stories of these amazing entrepreneurs here in the Central Valley. So we both would appreciate it if you guys subscribed, gave us a review, gave us some feedback on some things that we could do better because we're both always trying to grow and do better, especially with our speaking engagements. So just let us know what you thought about the podcast. It, we both would greatly appreciate it. So thanks for tuning in, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen in on my podcast and all of your love and support and encouragement and all the DMs and text messages and combos that I have with people in person. All you guys' love and support means the world to me. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good week.